welcome to Up Close and Virtual with me, Katie Tew. In each episode, I'll be joined by a guest where we'll be chatting about our experience of starting and running a business, the lessons that we've learned along the way. We'll be sharing our top tips and, of course, best practice. Expect to be entertained, enlightened and empowered. Happy listening. Welcome to another exciting episode of Up Close and Virtual, the podcast that brings you inspiring stories and insight from remarkable individuals. Today, we have a very special guest joining us, none other than the wonderful Jessica McBride. Jessica is an executive assistant extraordinaire, providing invaluable executive support and administrative training to professionals. But don't let her modesty fool you. Jessica spends her time measuring, mastering new skills and technologies, always striving to make life easier, not just for herself, but for others as well. Her mission is to help fellow assistants and professionals leverage available technology to reclaim their precious time. Jessica has authored several books, including Chat GBT for Administrative Professionals and How to Set Goals as an Administrative Professional, providing invaluable resources and guidance to her peers. Beyond her writing, Jessica is also a community mentor, a freelance assistant, and an executive business partner. Her services range from delivering engaging workshops on AI for administrators to speaking engagements that inspire and empower. She even offers guided one-hour chat GPT sessions specifically tailored for administrative professionals, leveraging the power of AI to streamline and enhance their work. So join us as we delve into the world of chat GPT and technology adoption with the incredible Jessica McBride. Welcome, Jessica. Uh, thank you so much. I really appreciate being here. I'm excited. Uh, it's so great to talk to you again. Uh, Katie, you know, it's been like, what, three months almost to the yeah. day. Actually, I think it was three months since I got laid off and you were so gracious to chat with me and kind of, you know, coach me through getting back into freelancing and, you know, tackling it all over again because was not quite seeing that coming so soon. <laughs> It was so lovely to chat to you three months ago. It really was. And I know you have come a hugely long way since our conversation three months ago. Give us a bit of synopsis about sort of, you know, where we were three months ago and where you are now with your business. Okay. So yeah, about, well, at the beginning of the year, I had started not really a business, not really anything, not really sure what it was. I had released a guide through a couple of different groups that I was in called, it was, I just called it at the time, Chat GPT yeah. for executive assistance. Um, I had gone on vacation and I hurt my knee and um, I was very, very, I was bedridden in Mexico and I had nothing to do but, you know, scroll TikTok and read. And so I got a lot of videos on Chat GPT. It had just been released um, by OpenAI. They were allowing um, public access. So I said, okay, this is really neat. I love a new tool. So let me try this out. 
and um, started kind of tossing just different scenarios that I saw in executive assistant groups that mm-hmm. I'm in into ChatGPT, just kind of see how it would handle it. Yeah. And um, found really quickly that it's great for a lot of use cases that we have, um, either as a freelance or an executive assistant, like in an office. And um, just started putting them together into like a document so I could kind of keep track for my own record. Yeah. And I shared it within my groups and I was shocked to see like how much feedback I got. Like I was really blown away because I don't really, I don't release things very often like that. It's not something that I'm like known for doing. And there's, there's a whole vulnerability with putting things out there that I'm still like getting used to. And um, so I said, oh, I got so much response in these Facebook groups. I was like, let me share on my LinkedIn community. And I got like 200 likes, which I know is like really small potatoes, but like it also felt really big for me. And it was a lot of people, you know, from not within my network, but that had found it through, you know, just like searching for other, you know, information. And, you know, this is kind of how I ended up like putting up books on, you know, on Amazon was, it was like, well, all these people are getting value out of this. Like, I just, I think maybe it'd be so great if like other people that aren't familiar with me on LinkedIn could be able to like access this um, easily. So I just put it up there. So like other people could find it. And unfortunately in February, you know, I had this kind of side project and I wasn't really sure what it was, but it was some beginning, I can't speak either, becoming (laughs) something. um, And I was blindsided with a layoff and I was a freelance assistant. I was, or I was, you know, an independent contractor is what it's called. And I was, you know, I was blindsided, but it was also this really beautiful opportunity of saying like, well, I started the thing, like, what if I was able to actually dedicate my time to it? Um, So, you know, I, was kind of hitting it from all angles. I was applying for jobs, traditional roles. I was working my network, um, but I was also kind of throwing myself back into freelancing. I was, you know, talking with experts like you. I was talking to Alicia from EA How To. I was talking to all these amazing resources that were, you know, making themselves available to me and support me. And every day I just kind of got a little bit more comfortable with the idea of depending on myself and seeing where this went. And I say that as someone with a lot of privilege that I have a husband that is employed and that I can rely on. And he was here supporting me saying like, you don't have to rush this. You don't have to, you don't have to be in survival mode anymore. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, yeah. So and, and I think taking your time at those critical junctions in your life is, is a luxury. You're quite right but also it can be invaluable because it just gives you the clarity of thought. Whereas if you're trying to do something under distinct pressure, you, you tend to find that the, the pressure is the overwhelming burden and, and you're pushed down a route with the immediate solution. And that's not always the right opportunity. But you, in three months, you have turned effectively an idea that you thought might have some kind of mileage in it into a hugely successful business I mean everybody's talking about Jessica McBride and ChatGPT and I think one of the things we do need to probably do to for some of our listeners give them a view of what chat GPT is because absolutely I've already admitted that I am I'm no tech savvy assistant by any stretch of the imagination and 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 I think there are lots of people out there who are listening going I'm not sure so maybe should we give them a bit of a definition for sure okay 
So we will start from the basics. OpenAI is an AI company and they've created a large language model. Okay. Uh, it, the product is ChatGPT. And so ChatGPT in itself is a program and it's a technology. So okay. you can use ChatGPT almost like you would a word processor, but a word processor that creates the words for you. Yeah. Um, and then also people can build technology on top of it to create other AI programs. Okay. And in, in December of last year, they released it to the public. They said, hey, if you're interested in trying our product, you can go to chat.openai.com. Mm -hmm. You register account. It's just your name and your email address. And like, I think your phone number to verify like it's you. Yeah. And you can log in and you can get access to their basic large language model, yeah. 3.5, uh, and start playing around with it. Yeah. And I think that's probably the best way to familiarize yourself with it, but go into it with the knowledge that they are training on your data. You can turn that off. That's um, It's under the little login screen. You just pull, pop it up and you can turn it off. Um, so you don't want to give it, you don't want to give it any private information. You yeah. probably don't want to give it personal information but I would say that it, it is I'm comfortable with the security personally mm -hmm. like I I use it every day I run audio transcriptions through to do like summaries yeah. okay um so I personally am comfortable with it but every company is going to have like a different it's a lot easier when you're freelance right like we we decide yeah. our own when not security policies yeah the constraint um, is as as significant as if you were trying to work with it in a corporate yeah yeah and so with it being a large language model, there are other competitors. So for example, Anthropic is a company that has a large language model called Flawed, mm -hmm. um, and it's considered an ethical AI and that it has not been trained on human responses. So it's just a machine that's teaching itself. So it doesn't normally give as good, it's not considered to give as good of responses right now, but it's learning every day, right? Every day these machines learn from themselves. Um, and the way that we can use this um, as admins is I talk about a lot is that we're always the only one. Like it's it's very rare that there's more than one executive assistant or administrative professional in general in the office. And we never have a coworker to turn to and say like, hey, they asked me to do this, but like, I don't have any contacts to do that. Like, I don't, I, how would I find this document, the standard operating procedure? And um, I also think the other thing that that works with is we are becoming more and more remote in our roles. So an awful lot of what I was referring to historically as the EA who would be in the office is no longer in the office. So any colleagues that may have existed don't exist in the same way. So we don't have that water cooler moment to share um, kind of bounce ideas off. So this is where the chat GPT stuff comes in because you can ask it the questions that you might have asked of your mate over a cup of coffee in the kitchen. Absolutely. It's like, how do I make the standard operating procedure? How do I create an onboarding manual? It's like, we know that there's a general consensus of what these documents should, documents should contain, mm -hmm. but how are we going to find that? Because Google's a nightmare these days. Like yeah. Google hasn't been Super useful easy. in several years because it's going to be you go and you're like, how do I create an onboarding manual? Here's 17 different consulting agencies that you can give your email address and they might give you like an ebook and then you have to parse through that. 
And it's, it's really difficult to get real information. Everybody's trying to sell you something, right? All the time. So um, you can just use ChatGPT and get a straightforward template, for example, and then you just copy and paste that out into your word processor, mm -hmm. and then you personalize it to your organization. Yeah. And you know, the way I talk about using ChatGPT or any large language model is it's a first draft. It's not, um, I'm not going to ChatGPT and asking it, like, write me a blog article about being an executive assistant. Something that I see going around a lot with ChatGPT is people will say, ask, oh, ask ChatGPT what an executive assistant does or ask ChatGPT how an executive assistant can help. And it doesn't really give you like good information. It's not useful. It's not really relevant. It, it says things like scheduling, which leads to this confusion when people are like, how come I can't use ChatGPT to schedule? Well, because this goes back to there's ChatGPT, the program, and there's ChatGPT, the technology. Yeah. So yeah. other companies can create technology using ChatGPT that allows it to learn your, your habits and help you with scheduling, but it's not automating that completely. No. Um, so I know that there's a lot of fear around uh, AI and taking our jobs. I think, you know, there's some concern about what is, what does this mean for our job? What does it mean for being an administrative yeah. professional? Because I was going to ask, yeah, funnily enough, I was going to ask you about that sort of later on, um, because you're quite right. There's an awful lot of that. But just coming back to this use of chat GPT, one of the things that I think I've begun to notice is there seems to be uh, what you were saying before is, is you write me a blog on but people are literally using what ChatGPT is um, creating and then posting that. And, and you can almost certainly recognize when they've done it without taking the time to take the body of what ChatGPT has created and then work on it for from your own point of view or for, from your own thought process or with your own words. And that's the thing that I have almost in a slightly got irked, annoyed with. I keep reading things thinking, oh, God, if only you'd taken 10 minutes to, to take what ChatGPT has suggested and you, you to then work that into your own voice, your own words, your own brand, you know, it would be so much better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's an accessibility tool for me. And, yeah. and it's no... It's no coincidence in my mind that I was able to succeed when I was given a tool that takes away task paralysis yeah. because the biggest hindrance in my life and in my success has been getting started. It's been, I want to do so many amazing things in my life, but how do I begin? Mm -hmm. And even as a business owner, I've used ChatGPT to help guide me through like scenarios of like, how can I build on this business? How would I do that? How would I do this? Um, you know, on TikTok, somebody that another neurodivergent creator had made a video about um, neurodivergents are better at using, at using ChatGPT because we're so used to over explaining everything. Like we go through this habit of like, we need to like defend all of our decisions and all of our choices because yeah. we have a history of like being bullied growing up. So like we go in and like, we're like, Hey, and I do this. I know I talked to this with my last, the last CEO I supported like this. It's like, these are all the things that I already thought of. And he's, here's all the ways that I know this could go wrong. And here's like all these 17 different caveats. And it's part of why I'm an amazing assistant, 
Um, and it's also my chat GPT is like, it gives me amazing results. It's because I'm giving it all of the details yeah. that it needs. It's, it's not going to be generic if you're right. saying like, give me all these like specified yeah. items. Let's, um, let's delve into that because I think, I think that is really, really important. So if, if you were giving somebody instructions as to how to use ChatGPT, and let's say they're putting together, oh, I don't know, a process guide. In the first instance, they've got to get their instruction correct. What's the best way to go around formulating that instruction? Okay, so also I want to say you can always build on it, right? So like whatever you put in, if you don't like it the first time, tweak it, have it rewrite it. Yeah. You can always just keep building and it's going to remember your data within that, that instance. Okay. Um, so, sorry, you said a process guide. Um, so like an example, like it would be, you know, um, if I wanted to do like an onboarding procedure, for example, I would That's give it all like, this information of like, yeah. okay, um, hey, we want to do a, we, the first week onboarding plan. Here are the things that we need to take in consideration. The HR does onboarding for three hours on a Monday. We want you to meet with the CEO at least once. So he has a standing lunch thing on Tuesday. So we can't be that day. Um, you know, we want to make sure that we are capturing that they meet with every member of leadership. So here's also the details about their schedules. And then it's like, create an onboarding plan that we can then use to standardize for our, our company, right? And it's going to cover like all the little nitty details of saying like, oh, you know, check in at this time, make sure that they have their laptop, make sure they have all these things. And then you can continue to say, what else are we missing? What else are we not thinking of here? Like, what are the other ways that we can personalize this to our organization and hone in onto the details? Because, you know, I might, do a procedure and like put some things down but like I might be missing a lot of stuff and then how much time are we spending iterating on that process going yeah. forward where it's yeah. like you know Susie contacts you and she's like hey um by the way I missed this on the onboarding thing and I was supposed to do that as well and you're like oh you know what I need to go back in and put that back into the you know thing so it's kind of getting ahead and you're you're it's having a thought process and or sorry a thought partner and saying like where are my blind spots with this task that I'm doing? And you can literally say to it, what am I missing? You know, we've got X, Y, and Z. Where are the gaps? Yeah. So it's a natural language processor. So, and um, this is not just for English as well. I think that ChatGPT is available in like 11 different languages, at least if not more at this point. Yeah. Um, and so it's been trained on like the natural way humans speak. So when you are giving it information, this is why running scenarios from a Facebook group goes, they work so well in chat GPT. It's because they're just talking to it. Like you would ask a friend, like you're saying like, Hey, here's the situation I'm in. And here are the details that are pertinent to, to the, the situation. And then it can process that yeah. and give you recommendations on like how to handle that. Are there any very sort of brief, I don't know, top five practical tips for using it? Could you could you summarize it that so, easily? Yeah. Or let's say, okay, so use the Reddit rule, which if you're not familiar with Reddit, it's an online message board. So we um I always joke, I was raised by the internet. I grew up um online and I was taught very early on that you don't say anything online that you don't want brought back against you because the internet will always bring receipts. Yeah. Okay. So mm -hmm. we're going to use 
Yeah, we used to, with my daughter, when she first started using social media, we always said to her, don't don't say anything that you wouldn't have somebody else say to you. And equally, don't put anything on social media that you wouldn't want your grandmother to see. Or you wouldn't want used against you in court, like right on a court for Instagram. Yeah. You know? well, I think she was too young for that one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so um, like I said, use the Reddit role in, in terms of like anon- anonymous like kind of details. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to it like you would your friend, just like an anonymous friend, but you know, an internet friend. Um, and give it a lot of details. Um, you can always iterate on it. You can also regenerate responses. So like if you're like, I don't actually like that response. You can hit the regenerate button and it'll give you something new. Okay. Um, and then let's see. So that was three. Four would be mm, just so it's like really the tip of the iceberg. Like when I, it, it's really the Microsoft Word or the Google Docs of like large language models and uh, and products. So once you get familiar with ChatGPT, it's a really great launching off point for kind of understanding. And then also, I just feel like don't be intimidated because you're not going to break it and you're not going to get in trouble. Like it's not, there's nothing like you're not doing anything unethical. You're just fooling around with like a little program. And um, I think that people kind of get like a little freaked out by technology and they feel like they're behind or like they haven't kept up. And um, just know that like in the grand scheme of things, this is absolutely the birth. This is the iPhone moment. This is you're not too late to start learning about AI. You're not behind because this is absolutely the beginning. Like the fact that like you're listening to me and like talk about this right now, it's like you're already ahead of a lot of other people Um, because I'm really quick to think that like I'm behind. Like I'm like, I couldn't possibly have a unique opinion about something, Um, but everybody's learning. I mean, you so are properly trailblazing for chat GPT amongst the assistant world. You really are. It's so funny. Like my husband called me a thought leader the other day and I was like, what in the world? That's awesome. That really is amazing. And you so deserve it because you really have brought this into the administrative assistance world. I mean, I I, mean, I certainly wouldn't have known about ChatGBT without you because I'm just not... I'm just not wired that way to go looking for something. I mean, I guess in my 50 years, um, I've got kind of stuck in my ways, but, you know, I am using it and I do use it. And it has definitely helped me become quicker in delivering some of the bigger the sort of bigger time hungry tasks that certainly I've been charged with recently um it's it's just let me sort of grab hold of something and and get going with it so I guess from that perspective we've got to talk about the elephant in the room which is is my job at risk do uh, executive assistants have a future is I mean, I mean is this going to take over where I currently am fulfilling a role and I think there's a lot of fear about that I don't know that I don't I'll be all right it's not going to replace everyone's job it is going there's a really good chance that assistants that learn to utilize technology will replace the assistants that don't want to utilize the technology but I don't think that's new I don't think that's any different than 
when we introduce typewriters or we introduce, you know, computers or any other technology, um, I think this is just another transition phase of like, this is another way that we're going to evolve the, um, the profession is, I would say that I'm, I'm very plugged into like what happens like in the tech industry, because I do find that the tech industry trickles down to every other industry. And so the way that tech CEOs are starting to utilize um, executive assistants is a lot of the very strategic executive assistants who are like tech savvy and are keeping up with um, all the trends. They are progressing into a chief of staff role and they are they're being utilized as a chief of staff. And I think that we will continue to see that trend as well. And then I do believe there's always going to be, you know, executive assistants and administrative assistants that are running the technologies. And that's what's going to make you stand out is the ability to say like, yeah, I know ChatGPT, I'm familiar with like, you know, finding AI programs or, you know, be the leader in your office that, how many of us transitioned became tech support at COVID? Like I remember COVID, I rolled out um, remote work to an older workforce and, you know, had to transition them into using technology for that. And I think that's kind of when I realized I had a little bit of a niche for it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we all became like de facto tech support. And I've heard this story from many, many other admins and so true. getting, you know, getting familiar with it is, is nothing like that's not new. Like we got to do it. And, uh, it's just part of the way that the roles evolve because we can't stop technology. Yeah. Like we're just no stopping this bus. Definitely. There, there really isn't. And, and, and this is only going to get bigger and actually potentially more beneficial to us um, and I would say it's almost the opposite it's that um, if you don't embrace it get to know it get involved with it you are potentially holding yourself back um, so yeah. I and I what you said that two minutes ago about the fact that don't be afraid of it you can't break it it doesn't matter how nervous you are of, of tech in in any shape or form this is literally just a old-fashioned chatbot really I mean it's literally just you know talking to somebody online doing instant messenger I mean it's as simple as that but what you're getting out of it is is the solution to some of the challenges that you might be facing in delivering your day-to-day -day role yep exactly I just you know I just don't think there's any benefit to suffering like if I can make <laughs> things easier like why wouldn't I yeah the days of beating ourselves with sticks we don't have to do that anymore that's take the easy option in terms of tech Jessica, and I know you are very interested by technology. Are there any other programs out there that you could in, sort of share as being, you know, really interesting and ones to watch or get involved in? I think what's really cool is with the evolution of AI in the past couple of years, we've actually seen a couple of different EA focused um, or executive assistant focused programs. Um, one of them that I've been working with is called EA Buddy, eabuddy.com. Yeah. And she she used my chat GPT guide to tune her chat GPT bot mm -hmm. um, to like give administrative professional type answers. And yeah. I thought that was really, that was really cool. Very clever. And um, so it's just like this really great scheduling tool where it has like, you know, your time zone calculator in a really sleek laid out way. And it has the ability to like 
hold meetings. And this is such a great tool for even like for like freelancers is that like we are constantly, I do this thing where like I'm on one screen and I don't know why, because I have three monitors in my other office. It's good to uh, see some screens behind you. <laughs> yes. And I, I literally choose to like work on my tiny little laptop and I will go from one screen looking at the, like the dates and to the wow. other screen. I will forget by the time I like transfer over. So this pops a little template up that you can just copy and paste a lot easier. Um, and so it's just really, really helpful for me. It literally saved me earlier this week as well. I had, um, or last week I had an event and it was like Hawaii yes. and I was, I was pulling it up to like, look and like double check that, you know, I had logged in so I could show up for my presentation. And I was like, typed in the, the locations and I realized I was off by an hour. I was about, I was about to be like late and miss this presentation. Uh, so it saved me um, as someone who really struggles with time zones as well. So it's a really cool, like I said, EA focused program. Yeah, it's really, really good. But I used to use, um, I can't remember what it was. Was it called Time Calculator? I can't remember what it was called um, until the EA buddy one came in. And I had the most horrendous time. I'm I'm numbers blind. So I really struggle with the world clock thing. Yeah, and I have the most lovely client who is based in the UK, but does a lot of business in the Cayman Islands. And every time a coconut, sort of between kind of March and then again in October when the clocks changed, I used to muck up all of the ongoing appointments. Anyway, when when EA Buddy came along, I was like, oh, phew, my nightmares are over. Um, and it was just a huge relief. So I, yeah, I, I too love EA Buddy. I think that's a great one to suggest. Are there any others? Um, if you're someone who does a lot of presentations, there's one called Gamma AI. So it's G A M M A, and you can put together the most beautiful slide decks in like five minutes. It is, it's amazing. And like as someone who can be a bit of a perfectionist and like will spend way too much time being like, is that do I like the way that that graphic looks or should I move it like two centimeters like it just puts together this great presentation that I can go in and then I can tweak the details nice um so it's really cool um Canva has added some AI features if um anybody does like freelance like social media work okay um for example you can now do text to image generation there's an app that's like built into Canva so it's like your social media manager and you need just like a nondescript image and you're like what do I do is like you would describe like I I often like joke like jokingly use my office as an example it's like I'll say like you know stage green walls you know white furniture from Ikea because we're millennials and that's you know all we can afford and you know just kind of like give it a description of the office and it'll provide you you know an image that you can then use as like your background image on you know Instagram or wherever you need um, but yeah, just, I know in the past like couple of years, it's gotten like really difficult to like find, uh, non-licensed images. So yeah, yeah it is very, oh. it is very, so I, I really prefer business pets, pixels and upsplash are the two that I've used historically. I didn't really, I do, I, I use Canva a lot, but I had no idea that it had got the, the text images, um, AI in it. So I will definitely be scurrying off this evening to have a go at that. It's a lot of fun. It's under like apps and like you have to like slide over, but um, it's, I'll, I'll show you if you can't find it. It's really cool. It's a really fun one. Brilliant. And do, um, do you, is that, yeah. can you only really get that with the professional? Cause I've got a 
I do think that one is the pro one. Um, what I will always remind people when it comes to talking about like free programs versus paid programs, mm -hmm. if a program is free, your data is the price. So they are using your data to train on. So it's one of those things where it's like, sometimes it's worth the $9 or $15 a month just to be like, if, if you are using something that you really care about, like the data that is being collected from it. Um, it's just something that people don't always think about. Yeah, and it's what it is worth thinking about. And sometimes that investment actually pays off. And, and you know, if it is $9 a month versus the free version, then honestly, it's probably money really well spent. Yeah. So what next for Jessica McBride? Now, you've got three published books. What's next? I don't really know. Um, I'm doing a couple of different things right now. So I'm, you know, I have a freelance virtual assistant. It's I, I say virtual assistant, I mean, chief of staff, I guess, yeah. technically fractional chief of staff is what I'm calling myself these days. You see a couple of people on LinkedIn calling themselves fractional CEOs and you get really full of yourself and it's like, why not? Why can't I do it? Why can't I be a fractional chief of staff? Um, what is the definition of fractional? Because I keep seeing that and I'm part time. Sure what it means. It's just part time. OK, I get you. You know, at least I just I noticed this trend when I was at my last role is that like there were a lot of um, executives that have branched out to kind of in consulting type businesses. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, company doesn't want to pay the full salary for a chief product officer, a chief you know, sales officer but they'll pay a fourth of that for a fractional, you know, executive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, once I got hired as a freelancer and they were willing to call me a chief of staff, I said, well, I guess I'm a freelance or a fractional chief of staff. Um, make your dreams happen, folks. <laughs> but, and there is nothing wrong with self-promotion in this world. No. That is for sure. Because if we're not going to promote ourselves, it's quite hard work to get somebody else to do it for you. So we'll take it where you can. Believe and what about more books? Would, do you think there's another book in you? You know, I always feel silly even talking about my books because they're very, they're short little ebooks. Like yeah. they're not, you know, they're not like big, huge guides. The thing about me is like everything I give you is going to be a very high level overview of like, these are the things that you could look into further is like, I'm never going to be your like go-to expert of like, please teach me all the ins and outs of like Microsoft Excel. But I could also provide you with a lot of really cool solutions if you just tell me your problem and like, we can look at those solutions. I, I actually think that's where you've been so, so successful with them in the fact that they are short, but they are very on point for the reader. And as a result of that, the reader gets everything that they need out of them. I mean, I've got your chat GBT book and, and I absolutely loved it. And then without it, I'd never have even tried chat GBT. But it was very specific to me. It answered all the questions that I needed in the job that I did. And I think that's where you've been so clever with them. Yeah, I guess I, I mean, it's something that I would say that I am proud of myself and that I do yeah. find that is a little bit different about some of the other things that I've seen out there is that, like I did have. I do have the context involved with like, these are actual things that we do in our day to day. And here's how you can picture yourself using them a little bit easier, because I think a biggest problem is sometimes just like knowing like how to get started and like understanding like what is the best like use case for this. So yeah, I like that, you know, we it, it's a great guide for like, this is actual real actionable examples of how you can use it. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. Yeah, so I don't know what else, uh, I guess. 
you know, maybe, maybe another book. I do some presentations. Um, I don't know. I do have another one coming up in the, the month where I'm talking about, you know, how I dip my toes into freelancing to kind of get an idea of like, if you are someone who's interested, just because I'm finding that like people don't even know these resources exist. They don't even know it's an option. No, um, and and I, I do a lot of work um, with regards to that. And, and actually just working with people who want to set up a small business. It doesn't matter if it's yeah. virtual assistant business or um, a little, um, I don't know, makeup business. It doesn't really matter. But it's the, the foundations of starting up a business and then being effectively self-employed um, and just, you know, what the structure needs to be and what you need to do. And there, there's so little resource for people out there for that sort of thing. Yeah, and I mean, I only found out about, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say you communicate it so well. So yeah, I mean, like, I just feel like so blessed that um, I had a friend in 2021, I was working at a job that was really, like, really, really bad for my mental health. I've always been very open about talking about this is that I had to go on a mental health leave because this company just was working me into the ground, I was, like laying on the ground crying most days. Um, and I had a friend was like, Hey, I've been freelancing. Why don't you give this a go? And she told me about a website and like, we got involved. Like I started picking up some odds and end jobs there and it took off. And, you know, that's been the difference in me, like surviving and thriving. Like it is really the difference of like, it is the foundation of me healing as a human being was being able to have that space to heal as a person. And like, I was so burned out. I was so tired and so drained. And, you know, being an independent contractor is such an empowering thing, empowering thing too. Because, you know, I remember the last CEO that I supported. He was, you know, he hired me as an independent contractor. And there's a lot of ways that he could have taken advantage. And we see this every day, people get taken advantage of. And he was always very quick to remind me, you're an independent contractor. You don't need to tell me what you're doing. You don't need to tell me when you're doing it. You don't you know, he's like, I'm trusting that you are going to do your job and you're going to sit, you know, show to the meetings that you say you're going to show up to. And I can't tell you. And, you know, having someone in power, like reinforce that to you on a regular basis is like, oh, okay. Like I'm my own boss. Like I'm allowed to do my own thing. And, you know, I am responsible for myself. And that taught me, I think it was such a good, good way of edging into like owning a business. It's because like, I was given that personal responsibility to make sure that I'm showing up and I'm getting my work done. But I also had the kind of reliable paycheck that I was getting, which was really great. Um, but it was like a nice little baby step into to business ownership. Yeah, it is. And it's a great, it is a great launch pad into doing that. And that whole thing of sort of, you know, the, that question of if I'm working from home and working for myself, will I actually get the job done? And the ultimate answer to that is, yeah, you will, because we all take responsibility for the actions and the, and the roles that we're taking on. So, yeah. And, and and actually, if the answer to that is you can't answer it as a yes and you can't see the responsibility, then it's not for you. Um, yeah. But I think, you know, m- most of us are grown up enough to to understand what responsibility comes with doing our own things and being freelancers or self-employed. And, you know, there, there are different burdens but there are our own burdens and we own them <laughs> yeah exactly and I always remember like thinking about how great it would be to work from home because um like I said if you're someone who's going to get your work done you're going to get your work done regardless of like where you're doing it um and I always found working in an office so stifling and so exhausting and I remember like I would come home 
from working in an office all day and I would just lay in bed. I would just lay in bed in a dark room and I would like decompress for like an hour or two. And then I would make my sad dinner and then I would just like be depressed all evening because I was so drained and I would dread going to work every day. And, you know, owning a business, like I said, it's really been the difference for me of like, am I depressed or am I thriving? Like, am I being given space in my life to support others because I have that energy? I can fill other people's cup and not drain mine. Like I have the space um, to do these things and it's just so much cooler. And I, I just remember a very distinct moment, you know, right before the pandemic hit of like realizing that like, I didn't know who I was and I didn't know what I liked and I didn't know anything about myself. And I just felt like my entire life revolved around keeping this job that didn't even pay that well and making people happy that did not care about me. And, you know, bending over backwards, being told that like they saw a future for me, but meanwhile, there was nobody that looked like me in leadership. And I really just was like, I don't want this life anymore. I don't, I don't want this for myself. I want something better and bigger. Um, and I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know how that was going to look, but I just remember thinking like, I need to do something. And like, I remember I just started choosing myself in a lot more situations from that point on, like, what makes me happy? What do I want to do? Like, what do I enjoy? Do I want to go, you know, it's been silly as like, do I want to go to a flower farm? But like, if I wanted to do it, I did it. And it builds that, so much confidence. That is so empowering. And one of the things that I wanted to do when I set this podcast up was to empower people by listening to other people's stories about where they've come from and where they are today. And that totally takes the box. Thank you so much. I couldn't have put it better myself. It really is. It is that you, you are master of your own desti- destiny and the energy that you get as a result of being in control of everything that you do is is just second to none. And, and you're right that getting to know yourself, too, you really start to know who you are. Um, I see, I, um, something I see a lot in my communities is the people that are in organizations and they're not being utilized. Yeah. you know they'll ask like hey like all they're letting me do is this what am I supposed to do and you know I always tell them there's two options in my opinion and because I've done them both and one is you can brute force it you can like force yourself into the organization start talking to everybody and start solving every problem that you can and you can make yourself the linchpin like the absolute person in your office that like they go to and some people thrive in that energy and they want to do that I used to be that person and I burned myself out. I was the person working 60 hours a week and giving myself to a company only to get laid off. Mm-hmm. And I stopped being that person. And instead, when I stopped being utilized in a role, I invested in myself. I said, you know what? Like, if they're not going to use me, I'm going to use my time to read or take courses and, you know, pick up hobbies. And when I was working remotely, it's like, well, I guess I'm taking pottery now. Like, I'm going to go out and do this. Like, you know, you just... If, no, if people aren't going to value you, you can't make them see your value, but you can always value yourself. And you can always say like, what makes me happy? What fills my cup? And like, if I'm being given this time, that's on them, that they're not utilizing it. Like, I'm just, I'm going to spend it on myself. Yeah. No, I think that's right. And I, it's really, 
it, for your own self-development, that whole investing in yourself and learning or learning a new skill or whatever it might be is absolutely vital. Not not just from that self-development bit, but for the whole energy bit. You know, if we're all sitting at our desks, flogging ourselves from eight o'clock in the morning until eight o'clock at night, you know, there's nothing left for you. So, you know, be be sensible about using your time. We're kind of coming to the end of this episode, which is a real shame. But what I wanted to ask you, just as a sort of looking to the future, what do you envisage as the sort of next frontier in AI? Is Is there anything that you think will be coming around the corner that we should be keeping our eyes open for? I think that they are becoming more and more integrated into our day-to-day. Every day, companies are looking at ways that they can utilize AI. And it's a really pivotal moment, but AI is not going to fix everything. It's not going to change who you are, um, the way that you, I mean, it's going to change the way you do your role, but it's also going to free up 30% of your time so that you could invest it in yourself a little bit better. And so I think that don't be afraid, give it a go. Um, there are resources abound. I love TikTok. I know people think TikTok's like for kids, but there are so many thought leaders and so many people that are just paving the way in their brands and are in their industries that are giving information freely. And um, take that with a grain of salt, obviously, use critical thinking skills for what their opinions are. But um, I, I think it's so eye-opening to see like all the resources out there. I just love how much people love sharing their knowledge because it fills my cup. It, you know, it's good to see. And it's such like a nice democratized knowledge availability app. And um, I think it's really life-changing once you start kind of digging into the way that you can use it like that. I think you've just got to get amongst it, haven't you, really? And I think if you've got an idea you know having a look on places like tiktok for you know what other people are doing in that arena is is great i mean it's really good for just you know general inspiration ideas you know you're not stealing anything because everything's your own in the end of the day but go get in it get amongst it see what's out yeah. there you know engage with it jessica you have been an absolute star guest. You really have. And I genuinely can't thank you enough for your time. Um, it's kind of, what time is it with you? Uh, it is 12.56 in the okay. afternoon. Yeah, okay. So I'm 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 not going to beg your forgiveness for getting you out of bed ridiculously at o'clock in the morning, but I genuinely, genuinely am very grateful for your time and your insight and just your honesty and openness. It's just been a really lovely episode. Thank you so much. Lovely listeners, I will make sure that Jessica's contact details um, and links to obviously her social media and her website will be available in the show notes. If you are interested in a one-to-one session with Jessica or maybe joining her social media groups, then please do reach out to her and let her know that you, you came across her through the virtual Up Close and Virtual podcast. Jessica, lots of love. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure. I really appreciate you having me. Thank you so much for listening. Please don't forget to follow me and my guests on our social channels. All the details will be in the show notes. And please get in touch if you have any questions 
or topics that you might like to have covered in the next episodes, or even if you would like to be a guest yourself. <laughs>